Hi, welcome to our podcast. Um, we're from Impact Planning Group. I'm Mary Abazia, and with me is Tom Spitali and Sean Wellam. And uh, we've been doing this a while, so we have quite a quite a cachet of uh, podcasts. But what we, in our hearts, love to do is look around at companies that are typically in the news. You know, the Amazons, the Teslas of the world. And we use a marketing lens to say, hmm, what are they doing right? And hmm, what are they doing wrong? And so we have picked one of our one of our many favorite um, cases to explore more. Tom, do you want to open this up and introduce one of your favorite passions? Yeah, I'm going to combine golf and marketing. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world of professional golf. Um, I recently wrote an article about this. Uh, on our website, the PGA Tour North America has been historically the only game in town for men who want to compete at the top levels of professional golf in North America. Um, and recently, it's faced a challenge from a new tour called the LIV or Live Tour that is backed by the Saudi Arabian government and its deep pockets. And so what's been going on is the Live Tour has been wooing some of the top stars from the PGA Tour. And it's created quite an interesting marketing dynamic between the two tours um, based on how, for example, the PGA Tour is acting about um, losing some of their best players to the Live Tour. I mean, it, there's, there's lessons about ecosystems here, you know, whether you want to operate a closed or open ecosystem that extend beyond golf. And that's why we're talking about it, right? It's like the, it, there's, you know, almost any industry we work on B2B industry has faced challenges. There's been a lot of open ecosystem players and closed ecosystem players. And that dynamic is interesting to talk about. We probably want to go on and you know, talk about that today. There's interesting implications for positioning and how each of these tours are positioning each other uh, and, and positioning themselves and the mistakes and the good things that they're doing. We can talk about that. We also, there's like huge implications for um, a technique that we call wargaming that we absolutely love when you're launching a new product, but also when you're an incumbent number one, like the PGA Tour is, wargaming can help you respond appropriately to new challengers. And so those that's the whole range of, of topics. And let's just kick this off. We see if we can cover it all in one podcast or if we need more than one. But there's a lot to talk about. I, I gotta I will start us off, Tom, by by some clarification. As you know, I, I don't play golf. Um not not massively interesting golf. In fact, the only two times I've played golf, I've been with you. Once was in Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, and the other one was in Tucson, Arizona. That's the only two places I've ever played golf. So just for background, the PGA is the the current governing body for professional golf, particularly in the U.S. and, and pretty much globally, correct? Well, in North America, I mean, you've got over uh, on your side of the pond, Sean, you have the European tour and there is okay. an Asian tour. So PGA, okay. the PGA tour is uh, it, it really is considered um, the top level tour where you go if you truly want to compete against the best in the world, but the European tour in its own right is significant. And, uh, and then the Asian tour is kind of trying to, it's, it's probably more like a minor league status, but trying to, 
Okay, know, and then you you need to be a recognised player within the PGA to play in their tournaments. I assume you need to be absolutely. registered, and you, you have, you have to, to achieve a, some level of excellence to get there. You get and a card. They then, yeah, you get a tour card. You got to get your card. This is what it's called. And but they're prevent by having that tour card. They're exclusive, so they can't go and join Live and say, "Oh, that's a nice tournament in May. I'll do that on the Live tour." They're they're excluded. Is that part of the? When you said closed system, is that how it works? It's what the PGA Tour has decided as a strategy, okay? Okay. I mean, there was really um, – the, the PGA Tour's previous um, uh, requirement was simply that you played in 15 PGA Tour events. And there are hmm. a lot of guys that have dual um, membership on the European Tour and the PGA Tour. They play in both places, and the, and the PGA Tour has historically allowed that to happen. If you want to play on the PGA Tour, just get into 15 tournaments over the course of the year. However, okay. with the Live Tour, they have really taken as a strategy. They've kind of closed down um, their their um, their requirements. And for the guys that have jumped to the Live Tour, they have suspended them and said you can't play on the PGA. The PGA has, has, the PGA the PGA has suspended tour. them. Suspended what is, how did they get into live? Is there a, is there a criteria for live? Live is open. Live is so, so the PGA tour is the closed ecosystem, right? Like Apple, you got to use all of our products, right? Is kind of how Apple says you, you need to, to work with them. And then all the other PCs, you, you have open ecosystems where you can use all kinds of component parts, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the live tour, has no requirements. They just simply bring wheelbarrows full of money to the top players in the world. And, 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 and a lot of them have taken it because it's a significant amount of money, which also creates a moral dilemma, right? Because the Saudi Arabian government doesn't have the greatest reputation in the world. And so, you know, there's, there, there's uh, some, some painting <laughs> with a brush that has been done for the players that have jumped that said you're you know you're immoral for um you know taking the money from human rights violators uh in the so Soviet is it government. is it like the um i'm thinking back to a business scenario if somebody comes in and just just offers great products at really cheap money they're throwing cash at the market to steal market share it sounds like that's the sort of live approach. Are they offering any other innovations in how they run tours? Trying to make are they trying to make it different? Because I'm thinking. Back in the day in, in cricket, a, a sport that I understand and not many people listening to this will, um, there was some innovation there with an Australian called Kerry Packer, um, created a rival series to the traditional test match series. And it coexisted for a few years. And while eventually it, it failed and, and test cricket, which is the standard organization for international cricket, prevailed, he left behind a lot of innovations, what they call white ball cricket, cricket played under floodlights, um, very short format, 20 over cricket, making it more of a spectacle. Because as you know, cricket can last a few days and still end up in a draw. So is there any innovation? Are they, are they bringing anything Absolutely. other than money? Yeah, they are. Uh, their tagline is uh, golf, but louder. <laughs> and, and, and so it's, it's, it's a positioning that is taking aim at the PGA Tour because, um, first of all, golf is seen as this gentleman's sport on the, on the PGA Tour where you got to be quiet. You got there's there's the same thing called a golf clap. You ever see ever a golf clap? It's a very quiet. It's a very quiet clap. 
and and in the sport the announcers are very quiet and you take a nap you know while you watch it and then you wake up for the end on on Sunday for the last few holes and players don't want you to be making any noise when they're making the shot so golf but louder is the live live saying hey let's modernize the sport they've cut I thought that was the uh, the Ryder Cup was was like golf but louder the fans yeah, are a bit well more it is and it's the... highly successful and I think and yeah. it's funny that you should say that because they've uh, live live has not only shortened tournaments from four days to three days they have um you know the, the the clothes that golfers can wear. There's no restrictions. Where the PGA Tour makes you wear long pants, for example. That's so interesting because that's what Kerry Packer did. <laughs> Cricket was played in whites, yeah. white sweater, white shirt, white pants, white pads. Everything was white. And under Kerry Packer and through other formats, you've now got teams and the India Premier League, another breakaway league for cricket. They play in pinks and blues and greens, yeah. and it's much more of a a spectacle much closer to what I would think of as American sport, sport as entertainment, where you've got the halftime shows, you've got some fireworks, pyrotechnics, music, dancing. That's sort of things alien to cricket, very staid, old traditional game, but they yeah. did a similar thing. They jazzed it up with some uh, some color and some vibrancy. And it sounds like that's also part of Liv's strategy. Well, the, yeah, the other innovation, you, t you mentioned the Ryder Cup, which is a noted team competition, and golf is a historically individual sport, right? It's guys competing individually. What while you're while you're playing in a live tournament, you're also paired up with other people, not necessarily physically paired up, but your score is paired up with other members of a team. So there's also a team aspect uh, to to the live tour. And the other thing that Liv is doing, uh, PGA Tour, you've his, again, you, you, you're an independent contractor historically, that, which means you only get paid if you play well. You pay all of your expenses on the PGA Tour to get to the tournaments and stay wherever you're staying and, and eat whatever you're eating. If you finish in the top half of the field, you make some money. If you finish in the bottom half of the field, you don't make the cut. You go home with no money and your expenses are your own. It live so live is live is paying uh, all of their players appearance fees. You have guaranteed money. You just show up and you play. You get a check, and it's really all about entertaining the fans. But so like, two prong. It, it is target the players, target the fans of the new format. Mary, do you like golf at all? Playing or watching or or visiting golf tournaments? Did you have any interest in golf? <laughs> well, actually, um, I have a couple of thoughts. I, I to answer your question directly, um, no, I played miniature golf and I think I might've played golf once, but, but I think that this case is interesting. I, I have a big question. Is the target audience for live younger? Yes. I mean, are they, so, so, so is this like, cause you know, you see in several industries, like the old fogies getting older and, you know, this just seems like has some, I like the name of it. If, if it is true, it's like, it has life. It's, you know, live, and so many of the things that the younger generations are like, you know, what they want. And it yeah. just sounds like it might be here to stay if, if they've done a good job doing it, you know, hitting the new target audience. And the PGA is just going to kind of go into the dust, perhaps. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out where they're all going. Well, Liv, Liv has professed it's for golf's next generation of fans. Um, and, and that's where the I, I think that's where the dissatisfaction with the current PGA brand is right now it's with the younger with the younger crowd the thing that's interesting mary about what you're saying you think it's going to live on is they don't the odds are against them um i did some research uh for the article i wrote uh i think there's been um 
18 uh, major challenges, something like that, major challenger leagues to the top incumbent professional sports league in the last 40 years. Um, I think it's something like 15 of them have failed and three of them that lived on ended up merging with the incumbent. You know, it is just really, really hard in professional sports to um, create a rival league because let's look at customer needs. The fans want to see the best athletes in the world competing against each other. That's what um, or, or, or the best athletes at their at their their given level. You know, they at professional sports. They want to see the top players in college sports. They want to see the division, what we call in the U.S. Division one, the top the top uh, biggest schools, you know, minor league sports, the in between the top, the top college and the top professional leagues struggle because they're not, they're in some kind of limbo land. So when people, you know, when the human brain says, this is the best sports league uh, for this particular sport, it's really hard to come with something, a, a rival league that, you know, necessarily is not gonna have the best players in the world right away. You're gonna have some jump over there for the money, right? But. It's it's a really really difficult thing, and, and that that should make anybody that's number one in their market in any kind of business feel pretty good because the inertia, the momentum from that is so powerful. You know, so I have. Uh, oh, sorry, Mary, go on. I, I, well, I was going to answer your your question in a different way too, Sean, because you asked me if I did golf, and then I asked my first question. My second question or point is that I think pickleball is kind of like an ideal situation to the world of tennis because tennis and paddle, they're very established. And so, um, but there's a whole group of older people that can't play tennis as well and can't play paddle because you know it, it, you have to do a lot more move. But yet um, it's, it is something that requires a lot of skill. And now there's professional pickleball leagues, you know? And, mm. and so what I love about that is, is, it, it's like an indirect competitor. And, you know, at some point, some of the tennis or paddle players may actually move over, but they're serious leagues now for pickleball because it was Amazing. just enough different than the other things. So anyway, I'm Sean, go ahead, Sean. What I was thinking about with, with what Tom was talking about, the, the, um, the motivation for, for live to come into existence. If it's, it strikes me that if it's purely money, greed, you know, the wishing to take something over, even, even if you're throwing money at it with a view to monetizing it later, then those seem to fail more often. If if you have the governing body somewhat involved, I'm thinking of the English Premier League. It's one of the most successful sports leagues in the world, and it came into being in 92, 1992 as a breakaway from the old – there was a four-division structure in the football league. So you had like the major division one, and then the rest were sort of minor leagues. The Premier League wanted to break out and be this this group of 20 or 22 of the top clubs. And they negotiated much better financing from the broadcast TV deals, better sponsorship. They attracted better players. And it was so obviously the right thing to do for the fans, for the sport, for the good of the industry, that the governing body, the Football Association, which is the governing body, supported it and it succeeded. Similarly with the Indian Premier League, which is in cricket, they worked hard at getting the, the board of control of cricket of India, or I think that's what it is, BCCI, the governing body in India, and got them on board. 
and the other people sort of made way and said, okay, they, they, so now April, May, it's all India Premier League. The top players in the world go play in that league and then come back to their domestic league. But they had support of the infrastructure and most importantly, the fans. So what I'm getting at is two things. One is, is influencer maps. We know they're a powerful tool, but when you're coming into a new market, you've got to think in terms of influence. Yeah, you've got the players. They'll want to earn more money for their effort and their reward for their skills. But you've got fans who demand a certain um, spectacle. You've got sponsors who want to have the right audience. You've got the governing body who ideally should care about the propagation of the sport rather than their own self-interest. And an influencer map would be a really powerful tool here was the sort of random thought I had of you, as you've been talking, Tom, because there's more than one constituency here. Well, yeah. And I, Mary, I imagine we're getting close to time. Um, but I agree. I think in, I, I, that, I didn't even have that on my, my list, you know, but you're absolutely right. Um, I think that we could probably talk a lot more about this because I wanted to get into the closed open ecosystem thing. I wanted to get into positioning. I wanted to get into war gaming. There's just so much that Let's I think make this a two parter. Cause I, cause the, yeah. you've got the, the parallels with the, the English Premier League. You've also got, you may not be aware, there was an attempted breakaway league last year or two years ago where the top clubs in Europe tried to create yet another top tier. And that failed because yeah. the fans, and there's a lot of stuff to unpack here in terms of, of, it really is down to how do you innovate and compete and how do you ensure success when you're trying to change an established market or model? I think, I think we have part two next time we talk. Yeah, I mean, I think my final point for this part is what you just said, Sean, what we all passionately believe. It comes down to the customer, okay, the fans. And um, if ultimately you're able to convince the fans that your league is for some reason better uh, than, than what's existing, you know, but I think when it comes to professional sport or any products, if you can convince the fan that it's the best product on the market, that's the key. The Premier League became the best product on the market. Um, right now, Live is not. PGA Tour still is. And, um, you know, it, it, it remains to be seen if Live is going to be able to steal enough players that it, it can be thought of as the best uh, league in the world, but it all comes down to customers. Also. Yeah, maybe the PGA have to adapt their offer and and uh, steal some of Liv's thunder by having tournaments that are similar. You know, thinking of that whole it, more exciting. It, it seems like it's yeah. It seems like that what has to happen. Liv has to impact in some way because they're showing the gaps, and Liv has done a good job differentiating, as Tom's saying, in the customer's mind and customer being you know players, every, you know all these different. Mostly done a good job. Let's talk next time about their, their okay. CEO and the big yeah. mistake he made. Okay. <laughs> That's good. really a great instructive. Teaser. Thing. Teaser for episode two. Yeah. I know. Stay we can hardly wait to record it and you guys <laughs> to hear it. So we hope you took something away and a new perspective on how you might look at the world. So thank you for joining us. Thank you.